Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you... Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Show. I am Blake Harrison and joining me as ever is Stuart Whiffin. Is this going to become a thing now? It might be a oh. thing, yeah. I enjoy doing it. I really did, did you do that in front of MVP? No, I think it was Nina. Yeah. So weird. Yeah, so really whenever, weird we have, yeah. whenever we have boxers on there, you're going to do that. Yeah, that's not a new that's thing. Good. Enjoy it, guys. <laughs> Speaking of boxers, we've got a fantastic guest today. He's one of the hottest young prospects in all of British boxing. He is the current Southern Area heavyweight champion. It's Johnny the Romford Bull Fisher. That's hey great. There, mate. Love that intro. Good yeah. to see you, Blake. Is it, do I have a, uh, a career as potential kind of ring announcer, do you think? We'll get you in the next fight. We'll have to talk to David Diamante. See if yeah. he's happy with it, but we'll give you a little trial. Maybe do a bit of work experience with him. It's nice, yeah. like love that. it, love <laughs> it. Well, look, Johnny, we always ask guests to start at the very beginning. So, I mean, we, we, we're recording this in Essex, and we know you're yep. an Essex boy. Um, tell us a little bit about where where you grew up, and and was it uh, an environment where you felt that you had to be able to look after yourself? And and, and, and if that was the case, was you comfortable with with conflict? Well, I. I... I grew up in Romford, born and raised in Romford, went to school at Marshalls Park, and I wouldn't say I come from a rough background, just a normal upbringing, normal background, yeah, everyone's got troubles at school, you can have fights and stuff, but I, stood, I, I stayed away from trouble. One thing boxing taught me from a young age is from boxing since I was five or six is to uh, do the fighting in the ring, you don't need to fight on the outside, always fight as a last resort, you have to defend yourself, yeah, but... Listen, where I live, I've got great people around me, good family. Uh, Marshall's Park was a great school for me and um, taught me some good morals and good respect. And, uh, yeah, fighting wasn't something that I had to do, but it's something I love to do. So that's why I keep doing it now. And you mentioned being a, uh, doing boxing from about five or six years old. What... Why? What was it? Something you wanted? To do? Was it something your 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 yeah. parents or what, what, where did that come from? Just grew up around watching Rocky One, Rocky Two, watching yeah, yeah. Cinderella Man. Like my granddad done a bit. My dad boxed a little bit. Nothing yeah. a professional, but he boxed at Repton. He boxed at West Ham, and I just fell in love with it. I've just seen videos on me on my old video camera that my mum and dad have got of me shadow boxing at my parties and stuff like that. I stood up in front of the in front of all my mates in the school hall and started shadow boxing to I the Tiger. Yeah. It's a bit <laughs> embarrassing watching back, but I just remember. 
my memory I wish we like, had that clear. Yeah, no. <laughs> That'd be great if we could let's do not, that right Let's now. not do that. But no, um, it was good. Like, I just remember, I looked, it came up actually on IFL TV once. It came up, who inspired you to start boxing or what boxer? And for me, it was Rocky Balboa, really. Like yeah. Watching, yeah. watching the old Rocky films. Like, yeah. It's just inspiring, isn't it? And, yeah. uh, but it's the same plot every time. He, he trains for a fight, doesn't do very well, doesn't train properly. Something happens, then he starts training properly and he wins. Like, it's, yeah. it's a basic thing, but it's just the old, you want to be the hero, don't you? Yeah, and, yeah. and Rocky is like... It's, that's something that inspired me from a young age from five, six years old and people forget how great that first movie was don't they because the second one's my favourite so it's my favourite as well yeah. didn't yeah. the first one win an Oscar yeah, yeah. like it was like such it was, a small budget as well I know. Like, and, yeah. and, and the story of like Sylvester Stallone constantly being told no we don't want you to play Rocky exactly, exactly but yeah. he kept st- stuck to his guys like, I saw no, that. I did you see the documentary on, on Netflix the other day it's really good and it's basically like he had a lot of people around him agents and movie people and they're trying to tell him no we've got to do it like this do it like that but he said he's stuck to how he wanted it even through the rest of the franchise Rocky 3 they was like they was against putting Mr. T in it but he said no this is how yeah. I want to do it it was against him having Hulk Hogan in it and he said no this is I want to do it how I do it so it's a good lesson in sticking to what you want and not trying to listen to Absolutely. what other outside voices tell you to do as Absolutely. well it's a good story is it on the bucket list or have you done it already have you been to Philly and run the steps no I've got to do that got to do it, mate. that'd be great um, would love to would love to do that but yeah it's just something uh, it, Rocky's just a it's a metaphor for everyone in life isn't yeah. it not just boxers and sports people but Absolutely. he's just uh, he's iconic isn't it yeah it's the underdog story isn't it yeah. everyone loves it same yeah. as Cinderella Man yeah know? Cinderella Man's great film Russell Crowe another great actor even ones like Southpaw a bit yeah. more modern ones boxing films fighting films yeah. I mean, but not just boxing like, I remember watching Warrior with uh, Tom Hardy yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great one, yeah. film as well, yeah. and uh, yeah, Nick Nolte's in that one. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. yeah, when boxing and fighting sports go to the big screen, you can everybody can resonate with it, you know. So Absolutely. yeah, it's good. Absolutely. It wasn't just boxing at a young age, rugby, right? Yeah, well, this is what happened. Um, I boxed from about five or six years old, and then I played, started playing rugby when I got to sixth form. I went to sixth form at Coopers in Upminster. First game of rugby I ever played. I dropped the ball. Broke my hand, someone fell on it, and then for two or three years, my hand was like, just wasn't right. But I didn't know it was, no, it was broken. So I was just playing rugby with it, strapping it up. I went to Exeter University and done a bit more rugby there because I couldn't punch for like two, three years. Yeah. But that was probably the best thing that ever happened to me because I had a little break from the boxing, started picking it back up when I was 19. But rugby was great. I love playing in a sport, in a, in a team sport and uh, being around that camaraderie. But I just probably wasn't. I wasn't as invested in it. I didn't love it as much as I love boxing and doing it on my own. And part of that, doing it on your own aspect and being an individual and having to do it all yourself, I think that resonates with me a little bit more. And I did pick it back up when I was 19, but that little break was great for me. Is there any kind of transferable skills there? Because what we see with MMA a lot is, particularly with the Americans, they'll be in like going towards like the NFL, they'll play like college football or whatever it is, but then they don't quite make the cut mm. in like the NFL, yeah. say. And then particularly they heavyweights... Go, yeah. They would transfer have moved it to either. MMA. Is there any transferable skills from like kind of rugby to boxing, or is it just it's just athleticism? Definitely, it's about it's not so much the, the the footwork side of it because in rugby you're quite square on, aren't you? Like yeah. in, in the defensive line. Yeah. Got I to mean, be... don't ask me. I have, I've <laughs> never played. I'm quite happily have never played a game that's of rugby. It, that's fine. I'd be crushed like a twig. <laughs> in a They're game tough, of rugby. them old rugby boys. But it, I think it's more of a mindset thing. So look, Exeter University feeds directly into Exeter Chiefs, who at the time were was Premiership champions on the bounce twice on the bounce and. Uh, it was the setup, the the strength and conditioning, the the diet, people on you tracking all your all your all your fundamentals, your, how high you jump, uh, how much you're eating, what your weight's like, and I think that professional environment stood me in good stead when I had to go on my own a little bit and start boxing and 
it put me in a good uh, elite mindset for when I was going to spar Joe Joyce, spar Dave Allen. And I was only a 19-year-old kid at this time and was doing it sort of part-time, but it, it instilled in me a sense of professionalism that I, I took with me in, in every aspect of my sport. So um, I've got a lot to owe to Exit University Rugby because it was a cutthroat environment as well. Yeah. All these kids coming from really posh schools and rugby schools. I come from Marshalls and Coopers. Uh, Coopers not a bad rugby school, but nothing on the level of these boys like Harrow and Bromsgrove and... Yeah. Eton top schools and uh, to be in that environment where I wasn't used to was uh, was was very good for my mindset as well. Did you feel that you know going from a team sport to you know to being in that that ring on your own must have been sort of radically different? But is there an element that? You've still got your team. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You've got your corner, and yeah. you know you've got those around you. Is that, is, you know, t- talk through a little bit around. You know, when, when you're in there, yes, you're on your own, yeah. but you've got them voices in your ears, right? The, you, I've got a great team around me. I've got Mark Tibbs and Jimmy Tibbs. Jimmy Tibbs don't get a lot better than that, does no, it? Jimmy Tibbs is a is a legend of the sport. He, he, when I won the Young Boxer of the Year, he actually won the a Lifetime Achievement Award at the same time, and rightly so. And Mark Tibbs, my trainer, Sonny Cannon, my strength and conditioner. You've got your managers. You've got your dad. My dad is he's a great help as well in the behind the scenes but for me it is radically different to going to play football or play rugby because when you do everyone clears out the ring and it's you versus another bloke another heavyweight it is you you on your own and yeah. you've got you've had all the all the preparation work but it is a lonely lonely sport the same as MMA and you've got to uh, you've got to make sure you you've got that individual mindset because yeah you train with different people you've got training partners stable mates but we all understand that it's an individual sport do you have any kind of like superstitions or like routines that you have to go through before making that walk to the ring I always wear a pair of my Exeter Uni rugby socks so they're yeah. a bit old now they're from 2017 <laughs> but I've got the same pair holes in bit, them they get a bit crusty and a bit <laughs> feel a bit like cardboard but when I I'll, I'll make sure I'll tell my mum have you packed my socks you've done my socks make sure they're in there and they're like black and green they're nice they suit my kit colour as well but I think I might have to ring them up rig them up soon and get a few spare pairs but I've got to wear EURFC rugby socks every single time I fight really? that's the so only one I've got doesn't, you don't think it's necessarily got to be that pair they just have to be oh, the I think rugby it's socks it's getting harder and harder I it will have to be that pair every time it's been that pair so yeah yeah, and uh, you're talking to one of the in-betweeners about a crusty sock that's it (laughs) sketchy sketchy territory mate at least it's not Jay because uh, yeah Yeah, that could be a little bit more for you it's not Jay (laughs) Um, you had a quite a sort of short um, amateur career and uh, and, and then when you turned pro in, in 2021 yeah, 2020, and I had my first fight February 2021. Tell me about the enormity of that, of getting in that ring for the first time. It was great, it was great. I met a, um, what it was when I was at university, I met a guy called um, Sam Jones while, when I was coming back and sparring Joe Joyce, and um, that was with SJM Boxing, who still managed me now. And he was the one who sort of gave me a chance. I was at university in the library. I'd been sparring Joe Joyce on and off in Surrey. And then um, they said, do you want to spar him again Christmas time? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. Well, January time. And he said, I said, where do you want me to go? And he said, oh, we want you to come to Las Vegas with us. And I was in the library uh, studying for one of my, the rest of my dissertation, and I was just I couldn't believe it. And I was just on the phone every few weeks because it was like, it was being all confirmed. I was like, am I still coming? Am I still coming? And it was great to do that. And that's where it sort of the professional journey started for me. I had no, no inhibition. I had no expectation of turning pro after that trip. I just thought that would be great. Yeah. And uh, COVID hit. And, and then Sam Jones and Adam Morley of SJAM said to me, do you fancy just turning pro and giving it a go? You might as well. There's no opportunities really out there at the minute. Everyone's locked down. And my first fight I had during lockdown, um, 
everyone in white suits. It was it was very nerve-wracking, very eerie. And I've always had support, even as an amateur. I bring 500 people down to Exeter with me. And um, to fight in front of no one was was was, was weirdly more nerve-wracking than if there was a big crowd in there. And then I got more and more used to the crowd. I think my first fight at the O2, I'd done about 1,500, 2,000 tickets. And I thought Ali Pally done 2,500 tickets. So it was, uh, it was a weird start, two or three fights behind closed doors in the Matchroom Garden as well. I've done the, the fight camp one as well. And it was sort of good in a way because I built up with that big crowd, you know? Johnny, to have the following you had so early on in your professional career... It's pretty unheard of, isn't it? And yeah. Like, tell me how you... I mean, I'm a club promoter, and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling to get 500 people in my club of a weekend. How do you get 1,500 to 2,000 people turn up to your shows? Honestly, it was... Uh it was mind blowing when I first saw them all at the O2. That's where my legs really started going like jelly because I thought 1,500, 2,000 people is a lot of people. But when yeah. I put it in the O2, it seemed like double the size. The O2 is a proper like it's a proper yeah. arena, yeah. and it all the noise just circles around, and the whole bottom bowl was just full of my supporters. And it's it's a lot to do with the fact where I'm from. I've got a big family. This was before Big John, my dad, became such a big social media star as well. And um, it's just from I've got my brothers, my brothers' mates come, my own rugby mates came, my mates from Exeter. Uh, they spread the word around uh, their towns and more people wanted to come and it was it was surreal and it, I'm very thankful for the support I've got because putting bums on seats is hard at the minute as yeah. well in boxing yeah. in selling tickets at venues we're in a bit of a cost of living crisis and people don't have 40 quid and 60 quid to go and do it so then people that fork it out to do it and it's not just in London they do it people travel up to Sheffield to Liverpool and yeah. I fought there and local people up there support me so it's sort of stretched nationwide now which is great we're actually doing a tour to Australia and New Zealand in February and because of this Bosch and Big John stuff so it's uh, it's great that it's sort of growing all over it's not just yeah. in Rumford where I'm from or my university it's become a nationwide thing and I'm I'm very grateful. The, other, the the one thing I do do think about is I've not fought in London uh, recently where it's been a been a massive card and I've been able to sell a lot of tickets. The last one yeah. I only got 500 tickets at the Joshua Joshua fight, and um, I think a lot of people built bought through the general link anyway, and it was a good two three thousand people in there for me. But I'm looking forward to when I can headline in London for yeah. an English yeah. title or British title one day, and uh, yeah, and, and pack it out with my own supporters. It'd be great. You mentioned your dad there. Yeah. There he is, Big John. Big John. Uh, <clears throat> you're dedicating your life to be amazing at a certain sport and some people are more there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. More likely to recognise him yeah. than you because he says the word Bosch. Yes, <laughs> and how it's, frustrating and it's is that? Huge, huge amounts of chicken balls and compound <laughs> yeah. as well. So you've got to commend him for that. But yeah. when I when um, I got my dad in the ring after my full fight, the first one in front of a crowd, and it was just great because he got a massive cheer and oh. he's done it all from the beginning, and he wasn't expecting none of this to happen, and he was just helping me through the goodness of his art in a way and I don't like talking about my dad in this way because we will banter each other and I'll take yeah. the nick out of him but he has been a massive massive help I remember him sitting down writing out all the tickets out by hand like he'd have it all written down he's very old school like doesn't have a computer just does it all by hand people ringing him up every minute of every day doing my tickets and then he became a personality through the boxing and then a good guy called Freddie Goodall was a good friend of mine and our family got him on these club nights he started doing some club nights throwing prawn crackers out to people <laughs> people seemed to just resonate with him now he's doing DJ sets and he's uh, doing mixes it. all over now he's going to Australia and New Zealand as well so Incredible. I think they just resonate with him like he's just a normal bloke from yeah. Rockford he's worked hard all his life um, working from four in the morning till six at night delivering cheese and meat and that's what yeah. he was doing in Is lockdown that what he, did, he was a delivery yeah. man for a cheese living man. No, he had a little cheese warehouse and was selling yeah. cheese and then in lockdown no restaurants to sell cheese to no suppliers were open and he wasn't getting any direct help from the government and we was like what are we going to do and we started selling meat off the back of a van working all the hours God could send and then we'd have one, sun- one day we had off was a Sunday and that Sunday was the best feeling ever um, just to be able to sit down and do nothing it was stressful yeah. I was working for 50 quid a day just trying to turn a bit of money around with my dad I didn't really want to take any money but he'd, he'd give me some I was just trying to keep the business going and um, they were really hard times but they were good times because it grounded yeah. me a little bit and uh, it was just stressful Every thing was the hat we had our house you got a big mortgage to pay and uh it was good things like that ground you i think and it, yeah. it teaches you it teaches yeah. you good good morals and good values and i saw my dad struggling so now he's throwing chicken balls and prawn crackers out. <laughs> he's got just, to keep it going as long as he can to students like he had his 50th birthday recently yeah, right? yeah we went like, out to budapest yeah, yeah I, I mean I, I did go i didn't know if he was going to be here today or not and i went through like the instagram yeah. and all that kind of stuff he seems so popular with people that are about 18 years old. They love him. It's they love mad, him. I don't it? know. We go into, like, I'll, like, I'll go there to, to the club with him sometimes and people can say, oh, it's Johnny, blah, 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 run for ball, lovely. But him, it's just another level. He went to Butlins last week and done a, done a DJ set and was frying darts at my head. And, like, everyone's going mental for him. It's like he's a pop star. Like, but all he's done is just been a normal bloke and people seem to click with him. And I think the relatability, we live in an age now with TikTok and things like that. He yeah. doesn't even know he was on TikTok, by the way. My brother just put him on there to start with and Brilliant. people coming up to him so and it's just I think people the age we live in now if you resonate with someone it's very yeah. easy to connect with them and uh, yeah. yeah big well, big John well I, I, I met you for the first time um, at the event to launch uh, the Forge, the, 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 the Conor yeah. McGregor star and uh, and, and I, I think you were sitting there with with, 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 with your dad and, yeah. and, and some uh, your friends and family I yeah. think Sunny Edwards was there Sunny wasn't Edwards he there. And, and, was there briefly and Nina Ross, was yeah. there Nina and uh and I remember when this entourage come through yeah. and Connor was being sort of brought through like he was a president, everyone getting yeah. out of the way. 
He stopped, didn't he? He went, oh, Big John, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he did. He went, oh, this is a good story, actually. He walked straight past me, walking past. Not like I expect anything anyway, but goes straight to my dad, gives him a big high five, Big John, bosh. And then my dad gets the camera back to me and I'm just shaking my head like, what have I done wrong? I'm getting punched in the face every day. He's eating chicken balls. I've chosen the wrong career. But, Striving, sacrifice. The next best thing after that is the next day, Conor McGregor put a picture of me up and he hasn't tagged me. He's accidentally tagged Big John instead. I'm like, oh, for God's sake big john's getting everywhere <laughs> I, I want to ask you just while we're talking family as well um uh, on a way more sort of sincere angle here when you won the um southern area title you, you dedicated that to yeah. your granddad didn't yeah. you yeah it was brilliant was like, that a real moment for you definitely like my dad and granddad were best mates working together for 30 40 years and my granddad took me everywhere whether that was football training like this is for my formative years as a, as a teenager football training rugby cricket boxing every night it'd be it'd be round and he was just a proper family man and he said it how it was if i was doing something wrong he'd used to give me a, a bit of a bollocking after football if i weren't trying hard enough and stuff like that so he was a he was a, he was a good man a fair man and yeah i dedicated to him the next day i took it to my granddad's grave my nan was there it's brilliant but I think family is the most important thing with, what, with whatever you do my mum works for me my dad does part time stuff for me Henry my brother is doing my social media stuff now I want to eventually get my sister involved and I think in a sport like boxing or any combat sport you've got to have people that you trust around you and yes. there's no one better that you can trust that, than your family and keep you grounded keep you grounded like yeah. my, my dad listen he's my biggest supporter but if I'm doing something wrong or my mum as well like if, even if I'm out and I'm six, seven weeks out from a fight and I'm out for dinner and I've, I've stayed out a bit too long, I'll get a little text saying, where are you? What are you doing? Like, it's not in a controlling way, but I know what the bigger picture is and it can be really annoying. Like, you think, why is he pestering me? I'm a 24-year-old man. I can do what I want. But when you get home and you realise my dad was probably right, like, he'll say something that's a bit annoying me, like, he's on the case, but he's right. And that's why it probably annoys me, because deep down I know he's saying the correct things. And it's good to have a family that cheer you on, support you. They'll, they'll do everything for me, but keep it real at the same time. Because there's nothing worse than if you're a sportsman coming up and you've got people just saying yes to you all the time, yes men around you, yes. just telling you what, what you want to yes. hear. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's good to have people that keep it real at the same time. Absolutely. And yeah. look, we are uh, an MMA podcast yes. predominantly. Do you, you mentioned to us before we started recording, actually, you have been to a yeah. UFC event. Tell us how lucky you were. What, 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 uh, what event did you go to see? So I was out there training in the UFC gym, actually, with Joe Joyce. He was training for a fight. I think it was with Daniel Dubois at that point. And, um, yeah, we got tickets to go and watch um, a highly touted card. Um, I obviously know a little bit about MMA. Israel Adesanya versus Romero. Two great names. And um, apparently, it's probably one of the worst UFC fights you could possibly go and watch in it, history. It wasn't great. I think in terms of title fights, uh, Rose versus Espars is probably worse. I ain't far behind it. Yeah, yeah. but I ain't far behind And then there was, funnily enough, Ngannou versus Derek Lewis was a really Another bad one, one when it yeah. should have been great. Yeah. Uh, but that is that is up there as one it's of the worst like, Adesanya yeah. Romero yeah like, no one was engaging and like it's the same with boxing listen boxing can be really really boring sometimes like terribly boring other times it can be fantastic and I think that's why we love it because you don't know what you're going to get and when it does does set a light it's great but yeah that won't be one I'll be uh, that will be sticking in the memory too long for any good reason <laughs> no yeah. are there any MMA fighters that you watch or fights that you've really enjoyed um, I've never really watched too much but I see Tom Aspinall coming up sometimes I know yeah. he was a, he was an ex-boxer and um, it's good to see him he just won the interim belt he didn't did. he yeah yeah I know Francis, no Francis Ngannou I was trained in the Vegas gym I saw him out there a few times very friendly guy very big guy I saw him spar Joe Joyce um, yeah not, not 
I'm not a massive uh, MMA enthusiast, but yeah. I've got massive respect for these guys and what they do. And that UFC gym in Las Vegas, it's like a spaceship when you Is walk it? in there. Really? It's got everything you ever I'd want. Conor that. McGregor, obviously, you know, know about him. But yeah, when it comes to MMA, I'm not the uh, I'm not the sharpest yeah. uh, tool in the box. Well, just going back to boxing then for a moment, you, you've mentioned, I know you're good friends with Joe Joyce, aren't yes. you? You've you spent years uh, um, sparring and stuff. So the heavyweight scene at the moment is is stacked with great potential fights yeah. in that top 10. How quickly do you see yourself getting in the mix with, with some of them big fights? Well, listen, I know there's a process that you have to go through and it's all to do with rankings and there's politics in boxing, much more so than in UFC because UFC's got the beauty of the fact that it's just sort of one organisation. Yeah. The fights get made with boxing. You've got the WBO, IBF, WBC. You've got mandatories you've got to face. So it's, it's a very difficult thing to navigate. But listen, if one day I could fight for a world title with the support I've got, that would be, a, that would be amazing. But there is a process myself that I've got to be focused on. It's not about chasing these big ones and going through leaps and skipping levels out. I think the way I want to do it is do it the traditional way, Southern area, English, British. There are things that can change. There might be a youth title out there in the WBC youth title or an international belt that you can win, but getting through Southern area, English, British is, is tough on its own. Yeah. And I think that tough process is what will stand you in good stead. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Once you get there, you're battle-hardened, ready to go for the European and the Commonwealth and the, the world honours. So there's a process that's got to be had over the next two, three years. And I'm only 24 years old. Yeah. As a heavyweight, especially when you get to 30, I think you, you've matured. So there's no, there is no rush on my, on my part. Yeah. Taking it back slightly to MMA and a man you just mentioned in Francis Ngannou yeah. what did you make of the Ngannou Fury fight there's was, a lot of people um, in the world of MMA yeah. that thought Ngannou won that fight I was actually in talk, in the TalkSport uh, studios commentating and like a watch along with that fight and um, I've got to hand it to Francis Ngannou I, I didn't give him a, not I didn't give him a chance because I've seen the power firsthand. but you'd expect like most people that yeah. if someone if Tyson Fury went into the cage it'd be much it'd be much mm. different it's, it's just different disciplines but the man came came there the whole the whole way through the press conference and the the build up. He was calm, collected, and 
I'm sure he wasn't himself that night and he, he's capitalised. I'd just like to have seen Ngannou give it a bit more of a go towards the end because yeah. he could have really stole the show and put the judges in a really awkward position there if he just let his hands go a little bit more. But very easy, much easier said than done against someone like Fury. But the same on Fury's side, I thought, why are you not pressuring him? Yeah. Maybe it was the awkwardness and the fact that the shots would have been coming from weirder angles, him yeah. being an MMA fighter, and obviously the power that he felt him when he knocked him down. I was yeah. so shocked when he knocked him down. But it was crazy. He's put himself right in the mix of the top tens now. I think he's got to rank him in the WBC. So. Yeah, which is crazy, right? Yeah. But listen, he's a he's a world champion in his own discipline, and yeah. He, yeah. he's crossed over. And as he's always said in Gano, he's he's always wanted to be in the boxing world, and that's what his initial goal was. So credit to him. Well, um, it looks like what might happen next is a potential mixed rule fight mm. with Deontay Wilder oh, in, in the PFL which I mean when they say mixed rules I'm assuming maybe they mean like no Str- takedowns yeah, just, just strike, strike him with four the legs and, gloves yeah. and, is that something that you think you'd give a go something like that or or do you like no I'm just purely boxing and that's me boxing is listen boxing's hard enough but listen if, if, if that opportunity ever arose you've got to seriously look at it and they're going to make a huge amount of money off it yep. people are interested in these sort of things now and you've seen with the uh completely on a, on a tangent like the YouTuber guys and the crossover guys there there's an appetite to see these sort of these big spectacular events and uh, yeah listen I'll tune in to watch Wilder versus Gano in a cage I think yeah. millions of people would um, it's very very exciting Do you, I mean you, you, we, we're seeing these YouTubers fighting fighters like Tommy Fury he's, yeah. he's obviously there's silly money floating about over there yeah there is you know, does that appeal to you not so much, not so much. Um, I remember I was at the Fury KSI build-up for the zone, and uh, I, I just I understand it. I understand they're selling a show, but some of these guys, listen, not so much the Furies, the KSIs, the Jake Pauls who have dedicated for a good few years now, but the guys who, who sort of just turn up and think they can train for six weeks, not really spar and think that they're called themselves professional boxers. Yeah. We've got to separate the entertainment crossover side for it. That's entertainment. Yeah. That's not boxing. Professional boxing is different. Yeah. And Tommy Fury, although, yeah, probably been around the gyms, he's, he's, he's still a novice, and he'd say that himself. I know Tommy Fury, he's got a long way to go. And it isn't really him who's, who's saying that he's a, he's a great fighter, he's, he's, he's championship level. It's just he's in this environment and he's capitalising, and I, I, I commend him for it. But the guys, like, some, like when I see KSI walking out with a big belt, and I think it makes me cringe a little bit. But listen, they know what they're doing, they're showmen, they're operators, and we can, we can learn a little bit from that as boxers yeah. developing our own personalities, not being fake, not being false, but they're very good at marketing themselves, and we can take a bit from that. You say that, 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 that event that we was at. <clears throat> yeah. There was a, a, a female YouTuber boxer, yes, uh, AJ, AJ Bunker, Bunker yeah. who walked in with this big pink belt over her shoulder and straight away everyone was asking her for pictures and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And I'm sitting next to the bantamweight champion of the world uh-huh. who didn't have her belt with her and I'm like, Neen, you need to get your belt over your shoulder. Yeah. People don't know who you are. A, Look proper, at a proper belt that she's, yeah. won, she's won in professional boxing yeah. as well. So, But this is the nature of the world we live yeah. in now. People like the extravaganza of it, the spectacular nature of things and sometimes a little bit less substance than than there should be there but yeah. I think you can never stray from what you are and I will always be a person that values the 
the merit of something over the the extravaganza of it. And I know that we've all got to play the game a little bit, but I'm always going to be honest with my career and always be down to earth and try and keep myself as humble as possible because in the grand scheme of things, all I've won so far is a Southern Area title. It's a great belt to win. It's an old-fashioned, old-school belt. Some great fights have been had for the Southern Area, but I know there's a process that I've got to get to, get, go through to to get to the heights of the, the people like Ngannou has got to, Fury, Usyk, all these sort of guys. So, yeah, I'm always going to be humble and I think people uh, respect that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've, you've mentioned some names there. I'm going to ask you uh, to play a quick bit of word association. So I'm going to throw some okay. fighters at you and, uh, and, and, a, and a quick bullet like point this. on each one. Daniel Dubois. Power. Joe Joyce. Strength. Usyk. Magician. Tyson Fury. King. John Fury. Father. Derek Chisora. War Chisora. <laughs> AJ. Not respected like he should be. Joseph Parker. Warrior. Ruiz. Fast hands. Zhang. Problem. Deontay Wilder. Good night. <laughs> I'm going to add to that. Eddie Hearn. The boss. Frank Warren. Bricktop. <laughs> Bricktop is great. <laughs> I love Frank Warren. I know he's not my promoter, but yeah. I, was, I was at a thing the other day with Frotch and Groves, and I was doing a little chat about on their 10-year anniversary of their fight, and um, Carl Frotch said, you've got to hand it to Frank Warren. He's been shot. He's been punched by Mike Tyson. He's been hung out a window. Like, the man's been about, and um, he's been through it and seen it all, and he's still doing it to this day. Same as Bob Aaron, people like that. Yeah. I've got massive respect for these guys that have, have been there, done it, and they're still there, and... Uh, yeah, although I'm an Eddie, Eddie, Eddie uh, man through and through, match room through and through, I've got a lot of time and respect for Frank Warren because uh, he's been there, done it. And Absolutely. He might, he might have done a few few things in the past, but he's worn it and he's, he's yeah. still here. Absolutely. Let's give you another couple of uh, quick fire things here. Just like, we want to know, who do you think is the greatest boxer to ever do it? I think when you talk about a question like this, it's about how you transcend the sport as well. Mm. And Muhammad Ali, I think what he'd done in terms of transcending the sport and still spoke about this day, being sportsman yeah. of the century. And for me, from a boxing perspective, he beat, he beat the era before him in Sonny Liston. He beat the guys in his era and then he beat George Foreman, who was this big wrecking machine in Zaire. And um, if you watch the George Foreman film, I don't know if you've seen it, that's a great film, it's worth yeah. to watch. But um, yeah, I think someone who's not only transcended sports in the political, in the political world and uh, what he'd done with standing up for his, what he believed in, whether we, we agree with it or not, in Vietnam, he stood to his guns, stuck to his guns. And um, he backed it up with his boxing ability as well and beat people from the era before his era and then the era after him. And uh, tragic how his, his life sort of ended and, and had to go through all that pain. But, yeah, he's the one that sticks to my mind. The greatest to ever do it was Muhammad Ali. Yep, great answer. What, what do you think is the greatest boxing fight of all time? Well, there's one that springs to mind, and it's not as well known, but Ron Lyle versus George Foreman. If you watch that fight on YouTube, I urge anyone to watch it, but it's an absolute slugfest. And you know, we all know how George Foreman yeah. punches, but you've got to give credit to Ron Lyle. That fight is an absolute war from beginning to end, and how it's not spoke about more um, is just amazing because it's just literally... It's like watching two lightweights go at each other, but it's two big 17, yeah. 18 stone absolute... 
space of men just levering each other. And then it obviously went on a lot longer and the ref yeah. let a lot more go. And uh, yeah, I would urge anyone to watch Ron Lyle versus George Foreman. Current best heavyweight in the world. Even though the performance wasn't what he would have liked it to be, it's still Tyson Fury, in my opinion, because of the history of... He's beat Vladimir Klitschko in 2015. People seem to forget he'd done that. Yeah. Um, the guy who was un- reigned for 10 years unbeaten, he went and turned him over in his backyard. Then, in my opinion, beat Wilder three times. And now he's still there. And he will... The thing with Fury, sometimes when he's expected to win, he doesn't perform as well. Um, I think back to Steve Cunningham when he when he got dropped by Steve Cunningham a few years back. Um, when the fights he's expected to win, he doesn't really do it. But when he, the, the heat is on, I'm hoping when he fights Usyk, he'll, he'll turn it on one last time and then he'll be cemented by everyone, I think, as the, as the best heavyweight of this era. What, what, what are your thoughts on the... Uh, oh, I forgot his name. He's from Graves. Who's the other Essex heavyweight that I thought beat Tyson Fury? George John McDermott. John McDermott. Big yeah. John. Like, yeah. I thought he won that first yeah. fight. Yeah, he's at the Brentwood Centre, I think. Yeah. And then, yeah, listen, a lot of people think that. I've, I've got to watch it back myself. But, yeah, um, I actually know John McDermott. His dad used to help train us at Brentwood Boys when we, when we was young, six, seven, eight years old. And I think they had a rematch, didn't they? Oh, Tyson went to work. And, and Tyson went to work. Yeah. But, yeah, listen... Coming up, boxing is a, is a tough business and sometimes you don't get the rub of the green. Yeah. That's a lot of people have got uh, a lot of complaints about boxing in that sense and I can see why. Sometimes I get a bit disillusioned with boxing and see some decisions and I'm like, you train as hard as you can and if you're not the A side, sometimes you don't get the rub of the green and I think yeah. that's wrong. And there used to be a little bit more transparency. We need to hold the refs to account. One sport that I think does very well with uh, in terms of holding decisions to account and getting it right is rugby. Yeah. Um, the TMO system and um, it's sort of all sorted out on as we go and it's very hard not to uh, it's hard to get it wrong but every sport is different yeah. football is very subjective we've seen with VAR it's not really worked yeah. so video analysis isn't always going to work it'd be interesting with boxing how you would do that because you'd then start eating up into imagine if you had a review system in boxing or MMA and mm. you can review a decision or review a low blow everyone's getting a breather at the time and it can it can be used tactically so I don't think yeah. it's going to be easy to do it and once a fight's done it's very hard to overturn decisions so think about Usyk Dubois yeah, people, that's right. yeah of course yeah, people were thinking about that when I, my first reaction when I saw that was that was a picture of a body shot but you look back at the rules and then there's raw about the navel not being able to hit below the belly button but to me if you ask me it's just my general reaction was what a great shot that was and yeah. you then ask yourself if it was the other way around and Usyk done that to Dubois with the politics involved I don't want to get too deep into it but would it have been the, would it have been the same same reaction but that's a discussion for another day you could do a whole other podcast on that absolutely yeah. this is arguably the most important question we've got okay in your expert opinion what is the greatest dish to order from a oh, Chinese? This is the one I've been waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> right, my recommendation is you can only get it in one place as well. And it's the Blue Orchid in Romford, uh, the famous Blue Orchid, um, the best restaurant in the world, in my opinion. Um, if you're going in there, you've got ordered a set B2. So you get, with that, this is the whole menu you get, right? So you get... <laughs> so you get people that are listening, not even there's, there's no Listen. notes here. This is straight off the yeah. top of your head. And I don't get, I don't get no monetary gain for the Blue Orchid. My dad doesn't, we just love that restaurant. My dad's been going there since he was 16, 17 years old. And they're probably the people that have made him fat, if I'm being honest. <laughs> but you go in there and you order the B2s, so you get a set menu. You go in, first dish has come up, your starters, your mixed all d'oeuvres, you get your sesame, king, uh, sesame prawn toast, your spice 
spicy pork, crispy seaweed, chicken satay with uh, peanut sauce all over it. Absolutely delicious to start. You move on, you get your crispy aromatic duck and pancakes and hoisin sauce. And if that wasn't enough, that's just your two starters, right? You've had that, beautiful. Then you move on to your main dishes. You get your special fried rice, your egg fried rice, your chicken chow mein, your kampo prawns, your salt and chili chicken, your beef Cantonese style, which comes up on a sizzling dish. It's absolutely delicious. We all do a bit more crispy pork with that. Kampo prawns, unbelievable, whatever you want. And then after all that, if you've made your way right through that, you've got to be tactical with this because you can't, if you go really hard on the first two, you've got nothing left for the main dish. Tactics, very important, Tactics, it sounds, yeah. yeah. Big John doesn't have to worry about that because he just keeps going. <laughs> and then um, to finish, they do these homemade apple or banana fritters with the toffee sauce and caramel sauce all over the top and then coffees and after eights to finish. It is the best meal, Chinese meal you have anywhere and it's in Rumford, North Street. And Love it. I don't get any monetary gain for that. <clears throat> Rufus Richard and Dangerous Daniel will support you and Stingray, his name is Ray. Ray's the same guy who's been running it for, for 50, 50 odd years and we call him Stingray because if you get on the wrong side of him, he'll give you a nasty sting. But um, <laughs> it is the best restaurant that you have the best time in there. People have been coming from all over the country to go there. Incredible. Off the back of you and Big John promoting Yeah, I, I can't <laughs> believe it. Like, someone was in, come from Glasgow the other day. We was in there on Saturday night. People come from Bristol, just randomly <laughs> in there. Just, it's unbelievable. But trust me, you go in the Blue Orchid, you have to try it. You will not be disappointed. I smell a future episode where we've got, we to, just, it, we've got to go to the Blue Orchid, Orchid with you Orchid and Big John. John. Yeah, Love it. Can be, you can do it up there. there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, you can come on the, you can come on the uh, Chinese sit-down that we do and uh, yeah, maybe right, we can do a joint good. thing. Sounds great. Uh, can't turn down a nice Chinese. <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well look, before we, we wrap things up, what's coming next? Um, I can't really announce what it is next, but it's a big one. I spoke, no I spoke to Eddie. You can announce, it's fine. Okay. You won't get in any trouble. Ignore these three cameras, just announce it right now. <laughs> so We're not just trying to get exclusives off you or anything. <laughs> it's, it's just, you know. I'll tell you this, I met with Eddie last week. It's a cheeky little away day. Something that we've been, uh, we've been after for a little while. It should be being announced this week, so it might be able to be, to be released, but... It's a big one, and um, I'm excited for it. I'm in training. Been sparring Daniel Dubois last week, getting my sparring in, and I'm I'm looking forward to getting out again because it's been a little while since my last one. Just the way dates have fell with yeah. the fight happening in Saudi Arabia with Joshua, was trying to get on the back of his card if it was in London. But very very excited for what's coming next. Wonderful. And if people want to keep up the speed with you, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, on my Instagram, Johnny Fisher One. Um, I'm not on Twitter too much, but I'm on Twitter every now and then when I'm announcing my fights and stuff. But yeah, Johnny Fisher One. If you want to keep up to date with all the developments of the Romford Army Instagram as well, all your merchandise and stuff on there. Bosh. We got one in. We have it. It's quite good. We had to wait to the end for it. Yeah, perfect. Underrated, Bosh. Underrated. Underrated. Subtle Bosh. Sly Bosh. Right, well, there you go. Absolutely yeah. wonderful. Johnny, thank you so much no, for coming in, you. mate. Thank you for asking me. It's been, a, it's been an, an, an honour to be sitting here with Neil off the in-betweens. <laughs> yeah. uh, very sophisticated, Neil, I would say. Yeah, yeah so I'll yeah. try. Yeah, I'll try yeah. to mature not, not talking about, Not talking about Lego and stuff like that. <laughs> I can talk to you about Lego. It probably won't go the places you're expecting no, yeah, it to go. Hopefully. But I can talk to you about Lego. Hopefully. Wonderful. Well, look, make sure you subscribe in the link below. Um, weekly episodes coming thick and fast now. Why not check out the archive as well? Because we've had a real who's who of, of combat sports. <clears throat> uh, competitors go get stuck in links below we'll be back next time bye thank you